if you're an expert, like it's weird. Why are you chasing me to be your client? If you're really an expert, I, you shouldn't have to chase me. That's mm. the thought process of other people, right? And yet we, you know, I know because we've all experienced this, we have to have a steady flow of clients into our business or life gets hard. Welcome back to another week of Talking With Experts podcast. I am your host, Chris Cowden, and this week I get to talk with Tobin Slavin about his new book, which he co-wrote with Kat Stankett called Experts Never Chase. We talk about his key takeaways and what it took to hit 131% of their funding goal in less than 12 days to go, what the four gears of marketing are, and how it will change the way you think about getting new clients and so much more. So thank you so much, Tobin, for jumping on the podcast this week, uh, Talking With Experts podcast. It's a privilege to have you on. And yeah, I can't wait to learn more about the Experts Never Chases book uh, or Experts Never Chase book, which I recently purchased. I I've recently found out that it's a bestseller, so I am excited to deep dive into that and um, yeah, just tell me a little bit more about yourself and um, let's go from there. Sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, having me on, Chris. And I love the how you framed your podcast because expert-based entrepreneurs are uh, something that I've done and a lot of my friends are in this space and it's something that I care deeply about because I personally think that this is what is going to change our world. Um, it's, it's not going to come from the big you know, big organizations, the government level, it's the entrepreneurs who are out there and specifically the people that are doing transformational work, like world changing stuff. And sometimes that means helping another business be all that that business can be so that its social mission can make its impact on the world. But I just really love this space. And I know a lot of expert-based entrepreneurs are out there fighting the good fight. So if we can, um, if we can talk about what will help them do more of what they do well, uh, mm -hmm. that's a fun conversation for me. Yeah, that's the whole idea behind the podcast is helping others grow and scale their business, even though I'm at the beginner stage of my entrepreneur journey, uh, I can still help by uh, reaching out to my existing network and supporting from day one. 100% agree. I, I think that uh, what one thing that's really unique in this space is and I mean the expert or passion economy is the this idea that all of us together are stronger than any single one of us. When you are an expert, you can't be an expert in all things. That's a generalist. They're they're no longer experts. So so by definition, this category of the work that we're doing, we need each other. And we need, you know, what you're really strong in is probably my weakness and vice versa. And so when we band together, we can help one another, we can call in, we, uh, we refer to it as having a deep bench that even for my clients, when one of my clients needs something that I'm not a specialist in, I know who I can call in and say, you really should talk to my friend, Chris, he's great at this. And so being able to make those connections is part of giving value, even when it's not a transaction that we're directly involved with. Yeah. And it has a ripple effect because I was, re I was talking to somebody and I've got, I've got, uh, Jody Krangle coming on. She's an audio branding branding expert, and then another guy, Justin Mark, who's a sales expert. And he he asked me if I do podcast intros and outros, and I said no, but I know the person. And it's a massive ripple effect because we all want to help each other grow and uh, get to the next stage in business or life, and um, we want to support each other. And that's what I love about this space, and especially the online community. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. So tell me more about um, the Experts Never Chase book. Uh, why did you write it? And um, what was the what was the inspiration? Experts Never Chase, first of all, it's, co, it's co-written. So I have a co-author, Kat Stansick and I, um, who wrote this book. Uh, I started the project. I was writing my book uh, initially, and I wrote a first draft of this. And I reached out to Kat and said, um, hey, I think you and I should, we should team up on this. I think it will be a better book, honestly. And I'm so happy that I did that because she, uh, if, if you guys don't know Kat, you should. She works in the same space. Her, her first response was, are you sure? Like, you sure you want to do this with me? Because <laughs> we, we like do the same work. We're essentially competitors in the space. We help other business owners use organic conversational outreach to go get clients, to bring clients into their business. So the work is similar in nature, which I think makes the book stronger because there's a male voice, there's a female voice. Kat's a lot of fun. She has a big personality. She has some great stories and one-liners that she shares. And she was really strong in the editing phase. I think I did a good job of getting the first, you know, the skeletal, the, the, mm. the structure of the book out in place and telling, you know, I wrote 50,000 words in that format, but it wasn't the book that it is today. And we've had folks that are already reading it. Um, you know, the book has just come out. So they're, we're just starting to get the reviews coming in and people are saying, this is pretty good. This is changing how I'm conversing with my clients. And to me, that's a win. Um, if we can deliver on the big promise of the book, which is read this book, follow the steps, get a client, a new client before you finish the last pages. I think that's, I, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and what and what kind of subjects or topics do you cover in the book? Yeah, so the the big idea of the book is um, that a lot of the marketing you you really have to stop marketing these days. In fact, at one point that was one of the one of the titles that we we played around with using. You know, start stop marketing and do this other thing instead. And the other thing is go talk to people, go have conversations with the people who actually will pay you money, enroll into your programs, buy your products, you know, buy your service, whatever business you're in, but go have direct conversations and everything else, all the marketing, all the website funnels, paid traffic, all that stuff, automation, anything that creates distance between you and the people that you want to do business with has to be removed. And so uh, in the book, there's this, the first chapter is about the four gears of marketing. And this something, this is something that I learned the hard way, Chris, I, I, <laughs> I, I paid some, you know, expensive, painful lessons on this, but everybody in the mar- digital marketing space talks about this idea of, you know, the funnel that's working for you 24 seven, that you can go to bed at night and make money because people are coming through your marketing funnel. You don't have to touch anything. It's like an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, hired coaches. I bought the programs. I, I followed the directions as, as precisely as I could, as I knew how, and I wasn't getting the results. Like they said, you know, pay $1, get $3 back. And I, I think we'd all agree. We'd do that all day long. We'd make yes. that trade over and over again as fast as we could. My experience was more like pay $5 out 
and I wasn't getting any back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ads weren't converting. They weren't producing clients. It's the right strategy. It was the wrong time of where I was in my business. And the reason the four gears of marketing basically means fourth gear is, you know, funnels, automation, a one to many, all the things that we think about as digital marketing, that's fourth gear. Mm-hmm. And if you're cruising down the interstate, fourth gear is a great place to be. Like life is good. You're cruising along, you know, you got the top down, the radio's blaring, you know, mm-hmm. like life is good. But fourth gear, you try to drive out of the parking lot in fourth gear, you're going to stall. You're stuck in the parking yes. lot. And that was what it felt like to me in my earlier stages as an entrepreneur. So first gear is conversations and, and not just, I mean, it sounds like common sense, right? Go talk to people. <laughs> but how do you actually structure those? Con- how do you find the right people? How do you start a conversation with them so they don't run the other way and feel like you're being all salesy and weird? Mm-hmm. And then how do you turn those conversations when it's right into a sales conversation? That's essentially the premise of the book. And just for the folks that are keeping score, first gear is conversation. Second gear is content, right? You create content or what people call attraction marketing. That's also really good. And I used to run a content marketing agency, but if you've driven your car, if you've tried to start your car up and drive out of the parking spot in second gear, that also doesn't work very well. You'll stall or your car will sort of chug and chug and you like, you might get it going, but it's not how the car was designed to be used. Uh, So it's first gear conversations, second gear, you shift into content, which then you can have better conversations with people. Third gear is collaborations. And that's when you start uh, talking to JV partners and other people's audiences. And when you have a really good first and second gear, you become really attractive to those strategic partners. If you haven't done any of the work of first and second gear, they don't want to hear from you. Mm. So that's what each gear builds, just like a car, you're constantly shifting up and down. First gear to go down the side street, you know, or out of the parking lot, second gear down the side street, third gear is the on-ramp, fourth gear, yeah, go cruise on the interstate for a while. (laughs) Well, that's a really great way to think of it. And I guess some people, they jump to conclusions too quickly, and then they end up um, trying to think, oh, I've done this wrong, I'm going about it the wrong way. Uh, What do you think, I know you talked about conversations, but what kind of conversations Thank you for asking, because I think this, I'm going to give an example that I think will clear up what I mean by this. And, and thank you for forcing me to clarify on, the, on what this specific thing about conversations means. If you, if you have spent any amount of time on LinkedIn lately, this is true of you know, email and Facebook too, but it's really bad on LinkedIn. You are, you are probably like me getting connection messages from people or, or maybe they'll connect and then send this message, but it looks like a long message, three, four, five paragraphs. It's about who they are, what they're doing, why it's so awesome. And at the bottom, there's usually a link and the link is, you know, to their calendar. Hey, let's book some time. And they're trying to get business. They're trying to create conversation, but they're trying to create the wrong conversation because it's all about them. Yes. And, and my, my reaction, maybe yours too, when you get these is, why would I do that? Why would I book time? Well, I don't know who you are. I don't know yeah. why I would even take five minutes of my time. Like you may be awesome or you may be a spammer, like some weirdo from the internet, right? We, we don't know. And this is the mistake that a lot, like a lot of well-meaning entrepreneurs are saying, I've got a business to run. 
I need, you know, this month I need three clients. If I can get three clients, my bills are going to be paid. I can breathe a little easier. You know, I'd love to have 10 clients, but three gets me there. And so I'm going to do what it takes, which means sending these kind of messages to a thousand people, not thinking that 997 of them are going to make a mental note and say, that's a terrible first impression. I will never do business with this person mm. just to get those three clients. And so the book is how do we actually find, again, find the right people, start a conversation in a way that they're welcoming that conversation. And, and there's an art to that. That's really a big chunk of the book is sort of examples of how we do this. And I know how to do this because I made all the mistakes. I, made, yes. I did all the wrong things, figuring out, and I had the benefit of some good coaches. So once I realized I didn't like the results I was getting, I went to some of the best, what I would call world-class coaches, the best in the world in, in this topic, worked with them, see what they were doing. And now these folks are, they're friends of mine and they've seen what we're doing. And they say, you know what, you're, you're doing some really interesting things in this. Like we haven't seen this before. And so I think we put together a really unique package here. Can you give the, can you give the uh, listeners some um, an example of a conversation to, mm -hmm. to, to, to a prospect or to yeah. a, maybe not a prospect to another person. Yeah. So, uh, so for example, um, I'm going to use you and I as an example, cause I think okay. that grounds it in two real people. And that's a big part of the book for me as well. I don't, I don't like thinking in terms of avatars and marketing personas. I like real people cause they're mm -hmm. the ones that actually have credit cards. Yes. Um, so, so when you and I connected, uh, Chris, you reached out to me first, uh, which many times I'm, I'm the one doing the out, the outreach, but one of the things that you, uh, that you did really well was you talked about, you had seen a post and you referenced that specific post and you talked about, uh, the conversation that was happening around the book that's coming out. Yes. That was important to me because immediately you and I had a different conversation going. It was personalized to the point that I knew the message I received from you was not a copy and paste message that you sent to a hundred other people. So that's one of the rules that we have in our program. The one of the rules that we teach is that 100%, the person on the receiving side knows that that message couldn't have been shared with anybody else. Cause it would make sense. Yes. Um, another thing that I like to do and that I would do in return with you is I would look at someone's profile before I'm, before we're connected, I'm doing a little bit of research on who are they? Is this my kind of person? Is this kind of person I would want to invest my time into? And I'm looking for something that I can compliment them on. I want to find the awesome in another mm -hmm. person. And I want you to think about that for a second, because this is not just a, a business, you know, hack. It's not a, it, this is a life skill. Like your life is better if you can get really good at this one thing. And that is continually looking at other people and saying, you know what, um, Chris, I love the fact that you're, that you're doing a podcast every week. You pick this, this group of folks, experts, and you're profiling someone else every week to make them feel like a million dollars. Yes. That's an awesome thing. And that is me. That's an example. One of the awesome things that I would identify about you. And the reason why this is important is because we as human beings, we're very receptive. It's validating for us when someone else sees the good work that we're doing. Like we, it just feels good. We, we don't feel manipulated. We feel recognized. We feel seen. 
on the flip side, people will say, you have to show up, you have to bring value in order to build a relationship with other people. But the way most people build value is they, they come in and they say, um, hey, Chris, I saw you're doing this thing. And did you know you have a typo here on this? And did you know you didn't really do this thing very well? And I could help you do better with, like, if you'd hire me, I could give your, you know, it's like you, they show up to, to deliver value by telling people everything that they're doing wrong, which is a yeah. terrible first mm. impression. Yeah, complimenting. And I've heard it before. And, and, it, and it, I think it was, uh, someone was having, I was, uh, let's go back. There was a conference about uh, creativity and they they are artists or they were giving some really good advice. And they said, when you give advice, are you raining on somebody's parade or are you finding uh, or are you being the sunshine? And I'm the sunshine. I find I try to find the good things in people and try not to criticize. I, I know it's important to give good feedback and constructive feedback, but saying oh you you don't smile enough or finding the worst in somebody doesn't make anybody feel any better so yeah compliment always and be interested the the compliments have to be genuine um i mean they have to be real like you have to they can feel it when you're faking it and just yeah. trying to say something nice and i think the other thing is as um business people as entrepreneurs we are we are trained to be very attentive to our audiences, meaning that the people that are showing up in our world that subscribe to our newsletters, that want to be part of our network, that, that like our content, all those things that we're doing to increase our visibility in our business, we, we, we're really attentive, and we should be, to the people who give their attention to us because that's, that's how you cultivate and nurture your audience. So that's a great way to start, uh, at least to, to get that initial uh, rapport going with someone else. It's not, you know, with my friends, when I see a, a friend that I can help them, and, and sometimes that means saying, hey, you have a mistake here and I can help with this, that's different. That's, late, that's a later stage in the relationship. You still need that to be a true friend. You got to take care of your, mm. your people. But it's, we're talking first impressions. First, yeah. And, and, and sort of, um, you know, like on LinkedIn right now, the connection rates, I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the, the rate of accepted connections on LinkedIn, it's like 20 or 30%. It's really Oof. low, right? Like two out of, out of 10 people that reach out and say, hey, I'd like to connect with you. People are accepting like two or three of those, which is really <laughs> disheartening. It's, yeah, it's sad. It. Yeah, it's sad. But, but why? Because they know the minute they accept that person that you don't really know and you accept that, they're going to start sending these leg humper-like messages that are like, hey, it's all about them and what they're selling. So to give you a, a point of contrast, I see like, I, don't, I haven't looked at the exact number, 80 to 90% connection rates, like eight or nine out of 10 people that, that are um, going to see my connection request are going to accept that. Now that's not because I'm, I think I'm a big deal. And I, you know, th that's not what I'm saying here. What's important is what I did before I ever sent that connection message. I reach out and I have a conversation going with those people before they ever see my, so they've seen my name, you know, commenting on their stuff. Uh -huh. You know, I've maybe asked them a question and we've had a couple exchanges in the, 
in the, and it may not even be on LinkedIn. I might've been, you know, you and I met on Facebook the first time, Chris, we might converse on Facebook. And then when you see my connection request on LinkedIn come in, it's like, oh yeah, Tobin, I just had him on the podcast. Of course, I'm going to accept this because we're already in conversation. We already have something going, some rapport going. That's the effect that, that the book talks about this. And it's what I do in my work, which is creating that, expanding your network, and uh, one of my partners calls it friend hunting, like go friend hunting for the people yes. that you want in your network. Yeah, building rapport, very important. Um, having uh, common experiences or common backgrounds, uh, feeling familiar with that person. These are all really good uh, examples and using the same language. That's probably a, a good one as well. But being genuine, being your authentic self. So let's go back because I know the experts never chase. I wanted to talk to you about the Kickstarter campaign that was a very successful campaign. Um, I want to know how you how you started it. What are uh, some strategies to um, build the awareness of that? And I don't know much about Kickstarter, so enlighten me and enlighten my audience. <laughs> So uh, I'm happy to share, but I'm also going to be real with you, Chris. I'm not a Kickstarter expert. Uh, that Kickstarter that you saw that, you know, that's how you and I connected and started chatting. Uh, that was my first experience with Kickstarter. Uh, I've, I've run uh, in my 50 years, I've run one Kickstarter so far. <laughs> I'll probably do more in the future because um, it was a good experience. But uh, here, here's the thing that people need to know about Kickstarter. It is an all or nothing proposition. And yeah. what that means is, you know, we set our goal and it, and it was a, it, it was not a huge goal. It wasn't hundreds of thousands of dollars and we didn't need to do a Kickstarter. That's the other thing I would mention is, you know, we did this because we thought it would be a fun learning experience, some, create some, some energy and in, in conversation about the book as, as we're, you know, we were still in pre-launch. The book was not available. It was written but it was still about a month out on Amazon to be available. Uh, we launched the Kickstarter. Typically what you'll see in the first couple of days is you'll see a, a little bit of activity, a little spike of activity because mm -hmm. you tell your friends, you tell your family, people jump on and support you. And then it just goes dead for, <laughs> for a, a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. Um, but in the middle, the middle session, you know, whatever, cause you pick a period of time, we picked 60 days. So we had a long stretch where there was zero activity and I was posting about it. I was telling people, Hey, we're doing this Kickstarter, but nobody really cared to be honest mm -hmm. with you. The deadline wasn't close. It was, you know, it was, why are we having this conversation now? It didn't, it didn't feel relevant with 10 days to go. We were at 22% of our goal which meant all the orders that we had received were going to be refunded. We, we, you don't keep any money. If you're even 1% short of your goal, it all gets refunded. So uh, we were in a scramble. We were like, okay, we've got to do something now or, you know, or this is all lost. So we did the same process that we talk about in the book. And I went out, uh, I just said for the next couple of days, I'm going to go out to my network to people that I've, the people, the relationships that I've been building uh, for mm -hmm. years, in some cases, who people who may or may not be clients of mine, but you know, I have built rapport. I have been interested in them as 
in who they are and what they're doing. Like I've been genuinely building relationships and I reached out and said, uh, I need your help. This is, this is where I'm at. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And we need a little bit of help. And we had folks that uh, I had childhood friends and a college roommate that jumped in in a big way, but never, never imagined or expected that. But the combination of being a little bit vulnerable, mm-hmm. willing to put myself out there and be vulnerable and say, hey, I need your help because without your help, this isn't going to happen. It ended up creating a swell of interest from other people that we didn't even know. It, it kind of became like a good old fashioned barn raising. Like it, it went from our project to a whole bunch of people whose names are now in the back of the book. Yeah. Uh, you know, they participated in helping to get this done. Yeah, I bet you feel really grateful for that. I, I watched um, Kat's interview with Rocky Buckley. And then after she said um, all, the, all the credentials that Rocky had, I got Rocky on the podcast. And then I thought, well, I've seen a podcast of you and Kat. So let's try and get you both on to share or, or raise awareness for your book. And luckily you're on and or fortunately but it's ended and it's bad timing for me but hopefully this podcast can um help you help you sell more books <laughs> well you know uh he, here's what i would like out of it chris and, and by the way thank you i appreciate you you jumping in uh to to help us out we neither cat nor myself uh you know the goal is not to make money from selling books Mm-hmm. In fact, if there's someone out there that that is sort of their intention, uh, unless you're in the top, you know, one or 2%, you're not going to make money selling books. <laughs> it just, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you, you only, only a small percentage of the, you know, JK Rowling made money selling mm. books. You and I are not going to make our money yeah. selling books. Uh, but I think having the book out there, uh, you know, here's, here's an example, um, you know, earlier today, I talked with a, a guy uh, who's do, he's got a really cool coaching program for men mm-hmm. where they do, you know, bold adventures, men's groups going out and adventuring together and growing as individuals, uh, you know, in a community of other men, really cool stuff. And so I, I'm talking with him. He, he may end up becoming a client at some point. I don't know. Uh, but I got my book in his hands. Now, someone out there, I heard you someone out there in the audience just said, why would you do that? Why would you give your book away to somebody who might become a client? Uh, You might've cost yourself a client. If the book is enough, and I can tell you that we didn't hold anything back. Mm -hmm. That was a conversation Kat and I talked a lot about was because we do work, we both do workshops. We, we teach other people this process and, you know, a workshop that for me is $3,000. So are you going to pay $3,000 or a $30 book? The information is in the book. Yes. But this is about building relationships. The right people are going to want to go deeper with you. They're going to want the experience of doing this work and having Kat in some cases or myself in other cases, someone there that can work with you to refine the messaging, the positioning, the conversations that you're having, help you get unstuck if you sort of get off the trip. Like we covered as much of that as we could in the, in the form of the mm-hmm. book at a price point that really lets anyone benefit from that. And the book's not going to make us money, but it is probably going to create a platform for much better conversations. Yes. And 
it's in replacement. I don't know how many people use business cards anymore, but it's instead of a business card, but it's also contributing to your value ladder. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that phrase. Uh, your book is, is the best business card these days. Um, I actually had a gentleman on my podcast earlier today. He, he comes from the world of traditional book publishing. Mm. And we, we got into a really interesting conversation because a lot of the, and I, I'm sharing this because I know your audience, you have an audience of experts, Chris. Yes. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the, what's being said out there about books right now is the book is your, your best business card. The book will build your authority. This is your platform. What's common amongst all those three statements. It's about the expert. And, and what, what I thought was really interesting about the conversation we had earlier today and what traditional public book publishing understands is you have to have a, a winning book concept. It has to be winning for the reader, mm. right? Not just, it's not, not just get a book out there to be a business card. Cause I wasn't interested in just producing a book that no one would ever read just so I could say I had a book and, you know, we listen, Amazon bestseller status. We all know that's a game. People play the game. If you play it right, you get that, <laughs> that tag. What matters is what's the reading experience. Could we write a book that, that I would be thrilled to pick up and read? In fact, I wish I had had this book uh, <laughs> several years ago. Like it would have been really helpful for me. And if people read the book and they get that client before they finish the last pages, I think that's, that's a big promise uh, that we made. And if we deliver on that promise, the book's well worth, worth it for folks. Yeah, I am, uh, because I have a startup, uh, a video editing startup. Uh, I am very hopeful, uh, with the, with the results that I will see after reading your experts never chase book. So I, I'm really excited to, uh, dig into that book and learn more about you and Kat while I'm reading it. But I know in marketing stories and, uh, especially when I'm creating videos, you have to position yourself as the guide or the mentor and your viewers as the hero. Would you agree with that? Um, yes. I, I, I also subscribe to that same concept that, that our clients, our people that we serve are the heroes and, and we're meant to be the guides. Um, but can I share uh, something that I think might be useful for you, Chris? I, I want to share this. I think you are an extension of your audience. So uh, yes. I want to share an idea. So for example, you mentioned you, the, the, the video editing startup that you're working on. One of the things that I see happen uh, in our space quite often, really talented people, experts, like true expertise. They, they can do things that other people don't know how to do. And, and they, because they're so close to that work. This is where the title came from. Like experts never chase. We, yes. we all know that, that if you're an expert, like it's weird. Why are you chasing me to be your client? If you're really an expert, I, you shouldn't have to chase me. That's mm. the thought process of other people, right? And yet we, you know, I know because we've all experienced this, we have to have a steady flow of clients into our business or life gets hard. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage those, those two, you know, it's that creative tension of the two. Well, the beauty of having conversations with people, if you, if you remove all the marketing and you, the distance between you and your people, your business for whoever else is listening out there, you've got to deliver A, B, and C, 
world-class experience on A, B, and C. The problem is the people that you want to serve maybe don't want A, B, and C. Mm. They don't know what you know, Chris. They don't have your expertise, so they don't. They can't fully appreciate A, B, and C mm. from you. They, instead, what will happen in the course of the and we call this, by the way, there's the term that there, it's in the book. We call this. Re, this is a cursed offer. If you've ever had, if you've had a business that where you've been out, you've gone out to market and you're talking to people and no one's buying and feels like you you know you do good work, but nobody seems to want your stuff. Like it's yes. just too hard. That's a cursed offer. <laughs> That's and there's a process in the book to, to we call it reverse gear, right? There was four gears of marketing. Now there's reverse gear, which is the fifth one. You can reverse yourself into a sale just by having the right conversation with people because they'll say, yeah. Yeah, I never wanted A, B, and C. That's not really, but if you would give me X, Y, and Z, holy cow, take my credit card right now. Mm -hmm. There's a way to get into that conversation. And by the way, this is part of what we talk about in the book too, of just asking questions and letting the conversation be about the person that you're talking to, what they care about, what they're trying to accomplish. More importantly, why they don't have it right now. Like what has prevented them from getting it already and if you can understand that, if you can use your two ears more than your one mouth, yes. like listen more than we talk, then they will tell you what they want to buy. Yeah. And you and get to decide whether you want to give it to them. Yeah. Or pass them on to somebody else and you've lost a client. That's, that's something really to sit with. And I'm glad when I'm going through the editing of this, I can really take some more notes of it and get back to it. Um, I know we, we spoke in messenger about this one tool that i've probably never heard of um that makes conversational outreach a breeze um maybe there's some relevance to that because we are talking about conversations and it's the first gear of uh marketing in your book so could you maybe share what that tool is and how it can help people uh, I think folks out there right now, Chris, are really worried that I'm going to, I'm going to hold this back. Like, is, is he going to, is, is Chris teasing him and can he twist his arm enough to make him say, you know, what is this? No, I'm just, I'm just teasing here for a second. <laughs> so um, here's, here's, I, I'm going to explain why the tool is important. And then I will tell you what it is. Cause I, okay. th there's, there's no, this is not my product. This is just a product that I use and love. And so yes. there's, I have no financial stake in whether you, whether someone who hears this will, will go use it or not. But the biggest challenge when you're doing conversational outreach, you know, when you talk to five people, um, you can write, you can jot your notes down. Uh, but what happens when a couple of weeks later, you you know, every day you talk to five people and within a couple of weeks, you've got dozens and dozens of names there. And if you want to build a real relationship with people, how do you know who to talk to when you should reach out to them again, and how do you pick up the conversation the way you would with a friend? This tool, and it's called getdex.com if you guys want to look it up. The Dex CRM is, a, I call it a one-trick pony. It is not your typical CRM. That, that means customer relationship manager. So it's software that keeps track of your customers. That's typically a, a CRM would be the place that you track all your orders, you send your newsletters, your autoresponders, like CRMs do a whole bunch of stuff. That's not what Dex does. So yeah. don't ask, don't expect it, don't, don't uh, <laughs> you know, want it to do those things. It does one thing really well, and it tells you who to follow up with and when. And it's like a personal 
uh, Rolodex that you could use with your CRM. If you've already, if you're already using HubSpot or something else like that, you know, here's Chris Condon. This is someone new that I'm, I'm talking to. This is what we talked about. This is, you know, he asked this question, or I want to ask him, make sure I ask him this next, the next time we chat, that's the kind of information I have, a. Uh, almost like a ledger or a timeline of my relationship with different people that I can pick up at any. And that's, for me, it's invaluable. For the work that I do, uh, I have struggled without this. Other CRMs do not do this well. Um, they try. Some of them have notes, fields, and stuff. But it's after about a week of doing it, you will hate your life and you won't want to see that <laughs> CRM anymore. Dex is just really easy because it's right. It's in, it's uh, they have a Chrome uh, extension. So it's like when you're on LinkedIn, you can see Dex right there. You can make your notes. It's one click and you making your notes, same thing on Facebook, same thing in email. It's just a really great tool. And uh, what we're, what we're actually doing for the supporters of the Kickstarter, we're going to do a workshop. And I'm going to show folks how I set decks up for the process that we're running. So we'll break And the reason why this is important, because when I first found decks and started using it, I set it up the wrong way. And it didn't, I didn't really understand what, how to leverage this tool in the best way. So we're going to help people walk through that setup uh, so that they, it really, it's a tool that can be very powerful and it's free. It's, it's free to use. There's a paid level. I do use the paid level. It's only $10 a month. It's, it's probably the tool that I would least want to give up. If I had to cut all my tools off one by one, this is the last one I would give. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm definitely going to look at uh, the free version and maybe step up and go to the paid version uh, if it's necessary. Uh, this podcast is all about actionable steps or giving actionable steps. So let's leave on a practical note. Uh, what three actionable steps can you share with my audience today to help them scale their business or take it to the next level? What I do for myself is uh, I want to have at least uh, a dialogue with at least five people and I'm doing it every day. This does not need to take up a huge amount of your time. Um, it's like going to the gym. You're, you're building a muscle. So if all you do is take 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, for me, my outreach usually looks like an hour a day. It's a block on my calendar. It's that important to me because this is the lifeblood of my business. But it, at, even on the busiest days, I'm going to reach out to at least five people and I'm going to move that conversation, meaning there'll be a back and forth that will move things forward, a deeper relationship. They may not become clients, but I'm, I'm building a network that, I, that will feed me for years to come. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think I've heard it around. I don't know if it, if it's came from you or, but a, a referral circle. So they become a part of the referral circle, even if they don't become a client. I think that's, thank you for bringing that up. We do talk about referral circles at, at Book of Experts. The, the important part of having strategic partners or referral people willing to make referrals is one, uh, you, we don't refer strangers. Mm. Right. We're, we're, there's too much social risk. If I tell you about someone and I really don't know the quality of their work and you have a terrible experience, you will hold it against me. That's mm. sort of how we think as social creatures. So referrals happen when you build rapport with others. So that's, that's an, why you want this deeper, more authentic relationship. Secondly, you need to know, uh, we, we need to keep in mind how people talk about us when we're not in the room to, to share the message. So 
everyone who does branding and positioning positioning will say, you know, this is who I am. This is why it's great. It's different. It's meaningfully unique from everyone else in the world. But what's more important is what can we say about Chris when he's not here? Like, what is he doing that's unique, that's unlike anyone else, that weakens, that, that keeps the conversation going long after you've left the room? If you can achieve that, that's how you will help make referrals happen on your behalf. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think people say nice things about me behind my back. Uh, I hope that's, <laughs> I hope that's what they say anyway. And Well, well truthfully, uh, nice <laughs> is good, I, I guess. I mean, we all want to consider ourselves nice and, and liked and all that, but it's, it's less about uh, that it's nice and more that it's memorable. Mm. Right. So, so what we really want people to know is that when, that you are top of mind, Chris. So I, I don't know all the specifics of the, of the video editing um, startup, but when you need uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to conjecture here a little bit when you need video that isn't just video to put on your site, but you actually need to make an impact when you really want to influence people and get them to take action. Chris is the person you can talk to because he can help you put the pieces together, right? This, this is the difference. What does it mean for the, how do you make that person that you're going to help be the hero of the story? Mm -hmm. Just like you said yeah. earlier. Yeah, that's perfect. It, yeah. It's not a, just about video editing. It's about help, helping them create content that resonates and then helping them with piecing it all together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hugely important these days. Yeah. Yes. Um, so thank you for the actionable steps. Thank you for sharing Experts Never Chase book. If anybody hasn't read it or wants to read it, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I would encourage you to reach out on LinkedIn. I, it's Tobin Slavin. I, like, I, I walk the walk that I've described, which is I converse <laughs> with people all the time. You, you can find the book on um, Amazon. You can go there directly if you're just interested in the book. But I think what's more important or might be more helpful and interesting is to connect with folks that are interested in this kind of approach. Because if, if you want to uh, buy ads and run your funnels and that's all you want to do to get your business, that's, those are my people, right? That's, that's, for, that's good for some people. That's, I want to see the four gears working together. We, I'm not opposed to running ads and having funnels, but I, right strategy, right time. And if that resonates with you, we should chat. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, very important. And I'm glad I'm uh, on the first gear with you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a random question just to, to end the call on a memorable note. But if you could eat with anybody in the world from any place in the world, where would you be? Who would you meet and what would you cook them? Oh boy, the, that I, you had me until that last part, Chris. Uh, I am, I am a, unfortunately for my wife who has great frustration around this, I am terrible in the kitchen. Uh, there's only a couple of things that I can make and I don't make them well. The, what inspires this answer is there, there's a book called Team of Rivals. It's a, it's a big, thick book that if you, you know, slammed it down on the table, you'd break something with it, right? It's, but it's, this was an amazing individual He's considered one of the greatest American presidents, and, and there's all the history around that. But he had a very dry, interesting sense of humor in the worst <laughs> period of time to live through. So the country was in civil war. There were people, families that were being torn apart all around him. He lost his own son. His wife 
was considered to be battling mental illness. He had a lot of things going on in his life. I think I would really enjoy getting to know him better. That's great. And um, what would and what would you cook? I know you said you couldn't cook, or well, you can cook, but not very well. Uh, what did you say you would cook? <laughs> there, you know, there's only one thing that I've been able to cook successfully. It's artichokes. Uh, to boil an artichoke and uh, and uh, you bite down on the artichoke leaf and you sort of drag it out through your teeth so it scrapes the the good stuff of the artichoke into your mouth. It's a it's an odd thing, but it's the only thing I can offer in this case. <laughs> oh, everybody that I talk to, I always ask them this question at the end, and everybody says they can't cook. And I previously worked as a chef, so uh, I think I need to teach teach the experts something <laughs> i should probably do a, I think, a master class <laughs> i think there's a lot of spouses that would they would appreciate that as well yeah it's uh trust me my wife is like um you know it's not fair i'll be the first person to say i just don't have m much skill set in that area and i've never developed i've never given it my attention to develop it either thank you tobin for joining me this week on talking with experts podcast and for giving me lots of great ideas for taking my business to the next level it was amazing and I'm very hopeful for the future after our conversation. If you listen to this episode and want to get more quality advice from experts like Tobin, then join Talking With Experts every week and watch your business grow. To get all the information you need from Tobin, I've included a bio and summarised some actual steps he shared with you today. For now, if you want any extra information and want to get the most out of your Talking With Experts experience, then join our private community which is filled with experts on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash groups forward slash talking with experts. I'll see you next week.